Hello and welcome to the QUB GP Society podcast. This series is entitled Common Conditions in General Practice and is aimed at medical students. We will be discussing some of the most common conditions that you see in a primary care setting in terms of their pathology, presentation, diagnosis and management. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can see all of our latest episodes and also check out our social media so that you can keep up to date with news and events. But now, on to today's episode. My name is Tim Neal and I am one of the current third year reps for QUB GP Society. Thank you for joining us in our podcast. Today's subject will be Altered Bile Habit. Altered bile habit is a presenting complaint that has a wide range of differential diagnosis, from simple infections requiring little to no treatment, to red flag symptoms suggestive of significant pathology. As with many conditions, it lies to the GP to differentiate between the cases that can be managed in the community and those that require honourable referral. It is no surprise, therefore, that approximately 1 in 12 presentations to GP complain of lower GI symptoms. In this bite-sized podcast, I want to touch on some of the common exam-related diagnoses, as well as some important factors to look out for in everyday primary care. Altered bowel habit means different things to different patients, And so, it's important to take a detailed history from a patient who presents with this complaint. Knowing the details also helps to include or exclude certain diagnoses. Be aware that patients don't often talk about bile habit in everyday conversation, so may need some prompting. You may ask, are you going more or less often to us frequency? Do you feel a rush to go, to us, urgency? Do you ever feel like you need to go, but there's nothing there, to us, tenesmus? It's important to ask about stool, which again, we don't usually talk about day to day. Can you describe the stool? Is it softer or harder than normal? Note that the visual assistance of the Bristol stool scale can be useful to help patients answer. Important features to ask about are blood, which may be mixed in the stool, coating the stool or on the paper, mucus and stools which are hard to flush, steatorrhea. Don't forget to inquire about associated features like pain and flatulence, as well as systemic features such as fevers, energy levels and weight changes. Past medical history, family history and social history also often offer up clues to the potential diagnosis as comorbidities, inheritance patterns and lifestyle and environmental factors each have a significant role in gastrointestinal disease. Let's get started talking about specific conditions. First up, one of the most important conditions to watch out for, GI cancer. Being the fourth most common cancer in the UK and the second biggest killer, bowel cancer 
accounts for over 1 in 10 new cancer diagnoses annually. Risk increases with age and male sex is also a non-modifiable risk factor. Diet, especially the high saturated fat, low fibre diet in the western world increases risk, as does obesity and smoking. Although 90% of cases are sporadic, there are increased risks associated with previous diagnosis of inflammatory bowel disease and inherited symptoms such as familial adenomatous polyposis, which is an inherited autosomal dominant disease associated with APC gene mutation. Altered bowel habit tends to be more common feature of tumours arising in distal regions of the colon, especially the sigmoid colon and rectum. Raised colonic wall lesions, termed polyps, are the starting point of bowel cancers. They can bleed, causing blood in the stool, cause obstruction or cause tenesmus through their mass effect in the rectum. Chronic loss of blood can result in anemia, from which the patient may complain of low energy levels. The adenoma-carcinoma sequence describes how a benign polyp can progress to cancer, usually adenocarcinoma, if left untreated, and so highlights the importance of prompt referral for certain bowel symptoms. Some red flag features relate to patient age. 40 years old or older with unexplained weight loss and abdominal pain prompts a red flag two-week referral. Similarly, aged 50 plus with rectal bleeding prompts referral. A 60-year-old with altered bowel habit or iron deficiency, that is microcytic anemia, should also be seen as a red flag case. Other red flag features include a palpable abdominal or rectal mass on examination or a positive screening test. Screening for bile cancer through the faecal occult blood test is offered automatically to all GP registered patients aged 60 to 74 in Northern Ireland. Every two years, the self-completed, convenient, home test is offered and around 2% of patients will receive a positive test, that is, blood was detected in the faecal sample provided. These patients are referred for a colonoscopy, which is the gold standard for diagnosis. Of the patients scoped because of positive screening, around 50% will have identifiable pathology. The benefit of colonoscopy is that it can be both a diagnostic and simultaneously therapeutic tool. Treatment varies with severity of disease. Factors such as widespread metastatic disease and patient frailty may promote referral for palliation and symptomatic treatments such as stenting for obstructive symptoms. Histopathological findings also guide treatment, with both the TNM and Duke's staging tools being used. 
Surgical intervention involves tumour resection and the operation will be dictated by the size, site and spread of the tumour. Options include, but are not limited to, a right or left hemicolectomy, sigmoid colectomy, anterior resection of the rectum or APER, meaning abdominoperineal excision of rectum. Oncological treatment in the form of chemo or radiotherapy may be indicated in the situation of node positive disease. When diagnosed early, almost all patients with a diagnosis of bowel cancer survive for five years or more, and bowel cancer survival continues to improve in the UK. Therefore, in primary care, it's important to refer appropriately for suspicion of bile cancer. It is also important to consider GI malignancy at sites outside the bile, such as the esophagus, stomach and pancreas, as these can all also cause a change in bile habit. Upper GI malignancies which bleed may cause a dark and extremely smelly stool known as melina. Pancreatic cancer with obstruction of bile flow may result in steatorrhea. Again, the importance of red flag features of these cancers are of key importance to GPs when trying to balance the appropriate referral with the likelihood of cancer. Upper GI red flags include dysphagia, which is difficulty swallowing, dyspepsia with weight loss, anemia or significant family history, worsening dyspepsia with previous Barrett's esophagus, pernicious anemia or peptic ulcer surgery, or most notably, any patient over 55 years of age with unexplained and persistent dyspepsia. Another key differential diagnosis of altered bile habit is inflammatory bile disease, which affects up to 1 in 250 people in Western culture. Peak onset occurs between the ages of 15 to 40, and overall the condition is more common in females. There are two distinct types of inflammatory bile disease, ulcerative colitis and Crohn disease. However, 85% of cases are an indeterminate colitis, with no clear distinction between the two. Ulcerative colitis is a relapsing, remitting inflammatory disorder of the colonic mucosa. By definition, it always involves the rectal mucosa and spreads proximally in the colon in 20% of cases. It does not spread beyond the ileocecal valve, however, can cause a phenomenon of backwash ileitis that is, inflammation of the terminal ileum. The exact cause of ulcerative colitis is unknown, but genetics play a significant role. Interestingly, smoking seems to protect against ulcerative colitis. Patients present with chronic diarrhoea, which may contain blood or mucus. They may complain of increased frequency, urgency and tenesmus, 
and systemically may have anorexia, weight loss and malaise. Primary care can offer simple initial investigations such as blood tests and stool sampling and will likely refer to secondary care colleagues for colonoscopy. At colonoscopy, the appearance of ulcerative colitis is that of continuous hemorrhagic inflammation. Biopsies likely show an inflammatory infiltrate with goblet cell depletion and crypt abscesses. However, inflammation is confined to the lamina propria. Treatments are offered on the basis of disease severity, with steroids prescribed to treat acute flares and 5 ASA preparations to maintain remission. These may be oral or rectal preparations. Severe disease may require hospital admission and rescue therapy with biologic agents such as infliximab. 20% of patients will require surgery, for which options include proctocolectomy with terminal ileostomy or a loop ileostomy with the prospect of reversal in future. Crohn's is an inflammatory bowel disease which can affect any part of the GI tract, but most commonly affects the terminal ileum and proximal colon. Again, cause is unknown, but smoking causes a three to four fold increase in risk. Patients may complain of diarrhea and abdominal pain with urgency and weight loss. They may also have oral features such as mouth ulcers or perianal disease. Investigations are mainly similar. Bloods may reveal a macrocytic B12 deficiency anemia due to damage of the terminal ileum where B12 is usually absorbed. At colonoscopy, the findings are that of characteristic skip lesions with a cobblestone appearance. Histopathology reveals transmural inflammation and classically multinucleate giant cells as seen with granulomatous inflammation. Steroids are again used for symptom control in acute flares, while severe flares will require hospital treatment. Biologic agents such as infliximab, adalumumab and immunosuppressive drugs like azathioprine and methotrexate have a role in remission induction and maintenance. 50 to 80% of patients require more than one surgery in their lifetime. Irritable bowel syndrome is often a confusing differential of altered bowel habit and can be difficult to distinguish from inflammatory bowel disease. Prevalence in the general population is estimated in the range of 10 to 20%. It most commonly presents between the ages of 20 and 30 and is twice as common in females. Patients report wide variability of symptoms and wide ranging bowel habit. Other symptoms include bloating, abdominal pain and mucus in the stool. Because of the similarity of symptoms to the inflammatory bowel diseases, investigations are usually the same.
However, notably, they rarely present any abnormality. Fecal calprotectin, a stool marker of active inflammation, may be useful in distinguishing IBD from IBS and can be used to guide referral to secondary care. There is no cure for IBS and therefore treatments are aimed at symptom management. Dietary changes are the first line treatment and patients may be able to identify their own trigger foods to avoid, typically avoiding fatty, spicy and highly processed foods is a good starting point. Our dietitian colleagues are the best referral pathway for patients presenting with features of IBS, providing IBD has been excluded. Celiac disease is an autoimmune disease in which the immune system attacks healthy gut in response to gliadin, a storage protein in gluten which is found in barley, rye, oats and wheat. Presenting complaints in adults include diarrhoea and features of malabsorption, whereas children may fail to thrive. However, many atypical, non-specific symptoms are also associated, such as brain fog and generalised tiredness. Although the condition is genetically linked through the HLA gene, it does not have a clear pattern in families and the phenotype is often not expressed. Initial investigations include serological blood tests for transglutaminase immunoglobulins. New guidelines allow a certain level of antibody to confirm the diagnosis alone. Previously, an OGD camera test and biopsies were carried out to confirm the diagnosis. The positive findings show villous atrophy and intraepithelial lymphocytic infiltration. There is no cure for celiac disease. However, the troublesome symptoms can be managed by adapting to a lifelong gluten-free diet. Again, dietitian referral is the most appropriate long-term management step. Of course, one of the most common causes of altered bowel habit that presents to primary care will be gastroenteritis. Many children have more than one episode per year, whilst in adults it has been recorded as the second most common infection, only beaten by the common cold. Causes vary, but are mostly viral or bacterial. In children, Rotavirus causes diarrhea, but requires only supportive treatment. Noroviruses and adenoviruses are most commonly responsible in adults, and again are usually self-limiting. Campylobacter is the most common bacterial cause of gastroenteritis. Parasitic and protozoan infections are commonly associated with foreign travel, and so a detailed travel history should be taken from patients. Most cases do not require investigation as the infection will be resolved and symptoms settled before results could be returned. However, if indicated, stool cultures and sensitivities 
are the best tool for identifying the causative organism and most effective treatment. In terms of treatment, supportive measures are most important. It is vital to avoid dehydration due to fluid losses in the bowel by maintaining adequate fluid intake. Antibiotics are rarely required but should be prescribed based on the results of sensitivities. Two specific infections worthy of note to primary care physicians are norovirus outbreaks common in residential care facilities and Clostridium difficile infection because of recent antibiotic use, for example after a patient was discharged from secondary care. The most notable emergency presenting as altered bile habit is acute bile obstruction which can very quickly develop into a life-threatening situation. Patients are at higher risk if they have had previous abdominal or hernia repair surgery due to the formation of adhesions. The symptoms include pain, vomiting, abdominal distension and absolute constipation. Absolute constipation describes the situation where the patient has been unable to pass even air and is a telltale sign of obstruction. Patients presenting with these symptoms are at very high risk of bowel perforation and a list of other complications and so should be urgently referred to A&E for resuscitation and intervention. In summary, today we have talked about a number of different conditions which may present as a change in bowel habit in terms of their presentation, disease features and management. As GPs are the gateway to secondary care services, very often they witness the first presentation of many of these conditions and have to decide on the most appropriate onward referral. We hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you have any ideas, suggestions or feedback, Don't be afraid to get in touch with us via email gp-soc at qub.ac.uk Our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram accounts are regularly updated with all the essential information from our society. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and goodbye.